What do you mean you killed yourself? Era flinched. It was a few months ago. James sat down next to her on the bed. I was not born a servant. No one is. And I... died. Samuel found me and made me watch my funeral. My family was a mess. James sighed and put a hand on her shoulder. She shook it off with a grimace. Samuel said that I could redeem myself for all the grief I caused if I wanted to serve the human race and save any human that was to follow in my path. I was gifted with immense power that I could never use unless in a defense of a human. Being a servant sounds horrible. It wasn't all bad. It gave me a new family. A second chance. How did... James stopped. What about Evie, Ensley, and Luke? What? How did they die? James nodded. I... I never asked Luke. We stopped talking after I died. You knew him before? Yes. He was a servant that was put in charge of me. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't know him. Oh, I just assumed everyone here knew each other. No, no. Era laughed slightly and wiped her eyes. Her laugh was so pure. It eased the stress that James had been feeling just a little. Some people have never even met Samuel. The girls and I are almost legends among the servants. So they sent the best to protect me? Yes. There was a short silence. Well, Evie burned her house down with her whole family inside. I don't know what Ainsley did, but I think it has to do with her eye. So everyone who takes their life becomes a servant? No, some leave Samuel and cause problems. Their minds become twisted. Elizabeth's mother is one such example. Why... Why did you take your life, Era? Era turned away. I... I'm sorry, you probably don't want to- stopped me. What? James turned back towards her. I was a lot like your girlfriend, Elizabeth. Except I didn't have someone like you when my dad died and my mother- Well, she died before my dad did. I thought you said you had Luke. I did, but... He wasn't always there. He used to irritate me so much. I just wanted to do the opposite of everything he said. I- I'm so sorry. It is in the past. I'm not used to being dead, but there's nothing to be done. Well, I never... died, so what am I? James asked, doing whatever he could to change the subject. Why am I here? A long time ago, the first person took his life. We don't know who it was, but he became the first servant after seeing what his suicide caused. He felt tremendous guilt for what he did, so he vowed to roam the earth helping to ease people away from the edge and helping any who still did take their life. But sometime in the 40s, some of the servants that he saved left him to try and blend in with humankind. They thought they could take it back and live a new life. They had children with humans. Their children were even more powerful than any servant ever was. Although they were hidden from the human world, these half-breeds also had children who were less powerful than their half-breed parents. Eventually, down the generations, the half-breeds just became slightly empowered humans that can only see servants. Then, about 70 years ago, a servant destroyed the facility, attacked Samuel, and left. This was Lesbo's mother. She started a war she couldn't finish, so she married a human to create something more powerful than the servants she waged war on. Normally, when a servant has a child with a human, each child has a 50% chance of having the gene. Elizabeth was special in that she was the seventh child her mother had, but was the only one with the gene. Then about two months before I died, 
a war broke out and she attacked this facility. Many servants died or vanished. This included her and a man named Damien James Carthist. James flinched at his father's name. Seven days ago, his energy signal was picked up by our devices. Yeah, but- In your home. So I'm- You are the same as Lesbo, a half-breed. James looked away. His hands were shaking. His heart pulsed against his chest like an angry bird trying to escape a bone cage. He thought of a dream he had once about his father. It was notable because it was the only memory he had of him. The haunting memory sent shivers through him on the best of days, but now, James's head began to throb, snapping him back into the room he was in. He realized he had been holding his breath. Eris stood up and grabbed his shoulders. My dad was a servant? Breathe. Eric commanded softly. What happens when a servant dies? James asked. Could his dad be alive? Eric froze at that. Well, we don't know. We aren't very different from humans in that way. So my dad is gone, James concluded with a sigh. Yes. Eris said quietly. I'm sorry. It's fine. I never knew him. If it makes you feel better, he was a brilliant man. He made many scientific breakthroughs in servant abilities and created most of the technology we use in this facility. That is why you are so important and powerful. <sighs> I hate that. Being called powerful? And important. Well, whether you like it or not, it is true. James sighed. So, I'm a half-blood. I can help with the plan. The plan? The plan to get Liz back. So, Evelyn... Evie had stopped eating a few minutes ago, and the rest of her food was waiting patiently on her plate. She eyed it with the same hesitance as earlier, then looked down at Amy, who was sitting on the ground beside her. What? She asked groggily. Well, Ensley told me about our dad and servants. Oh. Evie set the plate on the bedside table. How are you taking it? Amy leaned against the bed, unaware of the action until it was too late and it would be too obvious if she moved away from it. It's odd, for sure. She said. But it just kind of explains a lot of things. Like... Amy took a deep breath and stiffened, still looking at the wall on the opposite end of the room. <sighs> I knew my dad was alive through our childhood. What? Evie sat up, the grogginess ceasing. I didn't always know, but I think I figured it out today. One day, when her uncle was over, I caught him and my mother... Mm... Amy trailed off awkwardly and made a hand motion. Snogging. Evie asked with her eyes wide and humor clearly showing him them. After Amy nodded, Evie continued. Your mom was snogging our brother. Her brother-in-law, supposedly. Amy muttered. But the way she always talked about my dad like he was this amazing human being, she wouldn't just betray him like that. Your dad was an amazing human being. He was a great servant, too. Very intelligent. That's what Ensley said, and when you guys told us earlier today that we didn't have an uncle, I sort of put it together. That uncle was your dad? Yes. Evie chuckled and lay back in the bed, putting her hands up behind her head. <laughs> what a world, eh? Yeah, I, I just can't believe that he would take his own life. Amy heard the effect her comment had on Evie. The girl's breathing stopped for several seconds before she let out her breath, painstakingly slow. What do you mean? Evie whispered. Well, doing the math, he died soon after marrying my mom. Evie took another deep breath and let it out as she responded. We all had our reasons, whether those reasons were good or bad. What was yours? Evie shot up in bed. No. Amy's stomach dropped. What are you thinking? thinking? She internally screamed at herself. Why would, would you, you want to think about, about something, something like that? that? I I'm sorry. Was all Amy said. 
Evie took another deep breath. No, no, it's okay. She muttered. I am just... I understand. Amy whispered, laying a hand on Evie's. Evie tore her hand back from Amy's as if it were an open flame. Before Amy could stop herself, a look of sadness was struck into her gaze. Listen, Amy. Evie began. I... uh, I need to be alone. But you said... Please. Okay. Amy stood up and grabbed the half-empty plate from the bedside table. I'm assuming you're done eating? Evie didn't respond, just rolled away from Amy and squeezed her eyes shut. Amy reluctantly walked out of the infirmary and into the Bray hallway. First, we need to figure out what your abilities are. Era muttered. Normally, Samly tells you because he is the one that bestows abilities on servants, but... You aren't a servant. James, I need you to focus. This is going to be hard. Wait. What is it? Era asked calmly. Can't we just ask what abilities my dad had? Well... Era began. For some reason, when the servant gene and the human gene, you know, mix, the abilities change. That is why half-bloods have abilities that servants don't. Will... will my eyes change? What? Lezabel, when she attacked me, the whites of her eyes turned black. James closed his eyes, and the image was still seared in his mind. Is that gonna happen to me? <sighs> Eris sighed. When a servant or half-blood is in serious danger, or they need to use a lot of power, they go into... a sort of survival mode. Among servant politics, there is debate about if this mode should be outlawed due to servants being incredibly powerful. Some call it survival mode, while others simply call it imperium, meaning power in Latin. Jim shook his head. Servant's eyes go black and their irises glow. Aaron muttered. I've never done it, but Evie did it when she woke up as a servant, and Ainsley did it. Once. I... I hope I never see you do it, James muttered. Ditto. So... what is your stance on it? Are you trying to talk politics with me right now, Carthus? James hesitated. Is it a sensitive topic? He whispered. I'm screwing with you. My stance is the same as Ainsley. We were given the ability, and we are taught to use it properly. Making it illegal will only stop the good servants from using it. The corrupt servants will still abuse it. That? James thought about it for a second. That makes sense, actually. Eric sighed. We need to get a doctor in here. What? I'm fine! No. <laughs> Eric chuckled. Doctors can help determine what abilities you have. After specifying that, Eric pulled out her phone and dialed a number. She turned around and began talking to someone on her phone, leaving James to his thoughts for a moment. Had his father been in this room? Did his dad get introduced in such a bizarre way? No. Damien was a servant, not a half-blood. Which meant that after he died, he could have visited us. Is that why James's mother always insisted he lived? Is that why she's so mentally unstable? Your husband dying and returning from the dead would surely leave a scar on your mind. Ugh, this is taking too long. Era sighed, snapping James out of his thoughts. I may be able to help this along. What? Eris stood up and grabbed James's hand. Before James could even question what she was about to do, Eris was gone, replaced by Liz. James felt like he'd been kicked in the stomach. James? Liz said. Era, stop! James yelled, looking away. This is not okay! But Era didn't stop. Is Era with you? What is this place? Liz looked around at the room with wide eyes. This room is- I said stop! Stop! Liz vanished and Era fell to the ground with her hands on her head. She was screaming. The moment the moment James heard the shrill noise of her cries, his anger dissipated. Era, what happened? James asked, dropping to his knees beside her. 
Talk to me! Eris stopped screaming, and her head lifted, almost as if a rope had pulled it. She stood and looked at James. Her eyes were wide. She had a big smile on her face. Her hands were calmly at her side. Hello, James. James screamed and jumped back. Era fell back down and shook her head. What the hell happened? Era asked weakly. You were... James sat down with his hand on his head. I... You made me stop projecting? Th then I, I made you stand and, and speak to me. Well, we found one of your abilities. Era said in an attempt to bring humor to the situation. She lifted her phone and typed something. That's good, right? James asked, trying to get a good look at what she was typing. Yes, actually. Era said, recovering slightly. But you did it on the first try, and your abilities are the same as Luzabelle. Hey! James spun around. A man he had never seen stood in the doorway of the room. Dr. Jones, it's about damn time! Era scolded. James looked at Era with a look of surprise, then back at the man. He was a timid-looking man with dark skin, hazel eyes, and buzzed black hair that led into a short, neatly shaven beard. He wore a lab coat with a red shirt underneath. Ah! Oh. Uh, Mr. Carthus, the man, Dr. Jones, said timidly. You, you look a lot like your father. James groaned and put on his hood. He had another person that knew his father before he did. Nice to meet you, Dr. Jones, James muttered, holding onto his hood tightly. Uh, call me Dante, he said. Hey, business. Era interrupted. We need to know James's abilities. Oh, Okay, then. Dante looked slightly disappointed, but quickly made his way over to James and started examining him. Y you know, your father had mind manipulation, uh, flight, teleportation, oh, and, and slight control over the kinetic movement of individual particles. He means your father could make fire. Error interjected after seeing James's confused glare. Oh, cool. James felt very awkward being in between Dante and Era's odd anger towards him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, th that is what I mean, Dante confirmed. Finally, Dante took a step in front of James, grabbed his arm, rolled up his sleeve, and stabbed something into his arm. Ow, what the hell? R relax, James. I just need a small blood sample, Dante responded. James looked down at his arm. There was indeed blood slowly collecting into a droplet next to the hole in his arm. Dante set a small glass plate against it and took it away. He eyed it carefully and began to walk away. Pleasure meeting you, James called as he walked away. Then he turned to Era. He is an odd man. Era scoffed and followed the man out. Dr. Jones! She called. How long will this test take? Maybe a day or two! Dante called back. Era groaned but remained silent until Dante was out of earshot. Damn it! She yelled before kicking the wall in the hallway. She immediately retreated into James's room and closed the door. I hate that guy! Why, exactly? He... Well, he... Era took a deep breath. He was a bit... Eric took another deep breath and spoke quickly. When Evie came out to me, he found out. What's wrong with that? Evie came to me in the middle of the night. She was crying. She told me that somehow Dante knew and had said that Evie should have killed herself sooner. James's eyes narrowed. I don't know what happened next, really. My vision went white and the next thing I knew, Evie was telling me that I was in trouble for hurting someone. Dante walked into the infirmary that day with a broken arm and three cracked ribs. He deserved it, James muttered. He tried to imagine what he may have done if someone had said that to Amy. Probably the same thing. You wanna know the real kicker? Dr. Jones is Luke's dad. You're kidding me. Don't worry. I don't think Luke echoes his father's beliefs. Thank God, James muttered. 
Amy was being bullied in our school by a rather homophobic guy. He called her horrible things, so I sent him to the hospital. Really? Yeah, I don't really remember it, but Amy says I broke an arm and a leg. Eric grinned. I guess you could say. Don't say it. Insulting your sister costs an arm and a leg. You're dead to me. Servants didn't sleep often. Well, technically, they slept the same amount as humans did. Most servants waited until 8 or 9 p.m. to sleep. If the servants were to be believed, and every hour in here was a minute to Earth, even though they went to sleep at a normal time, they only slept for 12 human minutes. After doing the math, Amy found that it was only 5.03 p.m. Amy looked around her at the room she was standing in. Ensley had led her here after she left the infirmary. Amy left with the parting words of, Sleep well, Evelyn, and they still echoed in her mind, as well as Evie's deafening silence. Where's James? Amy asked Ensley before the woman left her. Ensley sighed and pointed to the door nearest Amy's. The dorms are in alphabetical order by last name. James is next to yours. Now, Amy looked at her door and paced back and forth in front of it. She hadn't seen James since dinner, but with the way the servants acted, Amy didn't know if she would be allowed to leave her room. But maybe James felt the same way. Without another thought, Amy walked out of her room. The hallway spread out infinitely on either side of her. At the most distant reaches of the horizon, she saw the hallway disappear into nothing. Amy, doing her best to ignore the nauseous feeling in her gut, turned in the direction of James's door. Maybe she could maneuver through this place and find the infirmary again. No. She began to painstakingly walk towards James's room. She reached it, and before she could come up with a reason to stop herself, she threw open the door. A room similar to hers spread out in front of her. James sat on the bed, looking at one of his hands. Uh, James? James jumped. Oh, hey! James looked at his sister. The bags under his eyes were red and almost took up more space on his face than his eyes did. His hair was knotted and tangled and fell across his brown eyes. His brown eyes, they sparkled with tears. Are you okay? Amy asked as she walked across the room and sat next to him. Yeah, uh, Amy, have you used your powers yet? My powers? Well, so far, I have discovered that we have mind manipulation like Dad and Lezabel. We... Well, I used mind manipulation, and you and I have the same genes. Really? Really what? How do I do it? Well, I don't know, actually. It just sort of happened. Amy stood up. Do it on me! James hesitated. Please, I don't want to... Come on! Amy insisted. I... Okay, um... James closed his eyes for a second and tried to recall what he had done to Era. It won't work, came a voice in the doorway. The twins turned to the door to see Era, who stood watching with an amused look resting on her face. I leave for five minutes and you try and test your powers on your sister? She wanted me to, James shouted. Era laughed and strolled in. Her hands hung loosely in her pockets. Typically, mind manipulation doesn't work on another servant that also has the ability. Unless one person is much more powerful than the other. Am I not much more powerful than Amy? James asked sarcastically. <laughs> you wish! Amy shouted and put James in a chokehold. Eric chuckled and sat on James's bed. <laughs> Amy, if you want to learn, you can do it on me. Eric stated simply. Okay, okay, okay. How do I do it, though? Well, I could do what I did to James. Eric muttered. James's eyes went wide, then he scowled. No. Eric, seeing the line, put her hands up in surrender. Okay, I won't. Why? What did you do to James? Amy interjected. James and Era looked at each other. James crossed his arms and looked away. His face grew red as he recounted the events in his head. She spoke to me as Liz, he muttered. 
Amy sucked a breath in through her clenched teeth. Low blow. She commented. Yeah, in hindsight, it was a bad idea. But it did work. Eric gave the two a cheeky smile. Suddenly she was Liz. Aaron! James shouted, averting his eyes. Really? What? Era asked, sounding legitimately confused. Then she looked down at herself. Oh, uh, I didn't do this. Then both of them turned to Amy. Amy? No response. Her gaze was trained on Era. Her eyes were wide and her pupils larger. Amy! James and Era shouted in concert. Amy squealed. Sorry! She threw her hands up in a defensive gesture and shook her head. James turned back to Era to see that she was herself again. Who did you see? James asked his sister, still looking at Era. I, uh... I see Liz. Liar. James jested. Shut up! Amy exclaimed, then changing the subject. Can me or James shapeshift? It isn't shapeshifting. Era stated. It's projection. Shapeshifting is what Lezabelle does. What's the difference? James muttered. Shapeshifting gives you the physical attributes of what you become and you have complete control over what you are. When you use projections, you look different for everyone that sees you, and you still have the same attributes of your own body. James and Amy looked at each other, puzzling through the information they were just given. For example, my boobs remain the same size even if I look like Elizabeth. James turned red and scowled, while Amy grinned and elbowed him. Air laughed and walked to the door. <laughs> well, I need to go rest. She claimed, and left with a lazy wave of her hand. Amy and James watched her go. Then, Amy spoke up. Wait. Are we staying here tonight? She asked. Yeah, I guess so, James muttered. The two sat in silence, staring at the door for several seconds. How do you think time works for these people? Amy asked suddenly. What do you mean? Amy hesitated, gathering her thoughts. If every hour in here is a minute outside, then how do they age if they spend all their time in here? Like if I stayed in here for a long time and you didn't, would I be older? Oh, is that what you want to happen? James jested. Well, being taller than you would be nice. I guess I haven't had time to think about it. Why? Are you worried about it? I'm not... well, it's just one of those things that shouldn't be stressful, but they sit in the back of your mind. Well, try not to focus on it, James said, putting a hand on Amy's shoulder. And Iris said she would grab us at five, which was at least an hour after meeting at the park. She stood up from the bed. So, Evie had been here healing for a few days and she's still not better. About 60 hours! Amy exclaimed. Wow, I hate this time BS. <sighs> Well, despite the time BS, I'm tired. Amy muttered. I'm gonna head to my dorm. Yeah, get some sleep, James said as Amy walked off. But sleep in your dorm and not in the infirmary! He shouted the last part after her so she would hear him. Amy didn't respond, just walked a little faster. With a quick and silent movement, Amy opened her door and closed it behind her. Her room spread out in front of her and she took in its contents. There was a mirror opposite the bed that was decorated with small lights and had a chair sitting under it. Amy walked to it and peered into the mirror. The past few days had not been good to her. Her hair was tangled and thrown to one side, and there were dark bags under her eyes. Her eyeliner was rubbed off, and her lipstick was as well. No wonder Amy wanted me gone. Amy muttered sarcastically and sat in the chair next to the vanity. In the top drawer of the desk was a small brush. She grabbed this and slowly began working the knots out of her hair. When she was done, she looked through more of the drawers and found them all empty except for a pack of makeup wipes. Thank God. Amy muttered and began wiping her eyes and mouth. When she was done, she opened the drawers back up to replace the wipes when she noticed something. A small detail that she could have just ignored or forgotten due to insignificance to the average person. It was significant to Amy, though. In the bottom of the drawer, in the back, was a line that had been carved in the wood. Looking further, she saw what it was. 
a heart with an arrow through it, and carved by a neat, calm hand in the middle was K plus D. These were James and Amy's parents' initials, Catherine and Damien. Amy pulled out her phone and aimed her camera at the heart and took a picture. Then she looked up at the mirror again. She smiled at her beautiful reflection and stood up. Something happened at that moment. When she stood up from her chair, she continued steadily rising. Eventually, she hit the ceiling. Amy blinked a few times and looked below her. Nothing connected her to the floor. Nothing connected her to the roof, either. She was floating. Whoa. Amy whispered. She flailed her arms slightly, causing her to spin and hit her head on the ceiling. She reached into her pocket for her phone and quickly dialed James. It didn't ring. What? Amy shouted and tossed her phone at her bed. She shifted her gaze from her bed to the wall that connected her and James's rooms. It was out of her reach. Amy reached up towards the ceiling and tried pushing herself towards the wall. She built up some momentum and slammed against it. James, I need you to come into my room right now! Amy shouted urgently. I've... done something. Okay, I'm coming! Came James's voice from the other side of the wall. Amy heard a rustling and a bang, then it was quiet. For a moment, Amy sat in silence, slowly rotating in her room, being just out of reach of every surface. She stretched her arm towards the floor and just barely scraped her fingernail against it when her door flew open. Amy, what is- James trailed off as he saw Amy's position. She spun towards him and thumped her leg against the floor. James continued staring in silence until Amy spoke up again. Hey, a little help? At that, James broke his reverie and shot forward to help Amy. He grabbed her arm and pulled her towards him and gently set her feet to the floor. The moment her feet made contact, she stuck there. How did you do that? James asked in a daze. How... how can I do that? Amy chuckled and grabbed the edge of her bed as a precaution. I have no clue! She replied enthusiastically. James, I can fly! James wore a flabbergasted look and looked around the room and walked to the far end and back. Okay, just don't go jumping out of windows until you've... mastered it. God, this is weird. I know, right? How did you do it? I don't know, I just brushed my hair and saw... James, I have to show you something! James blinked a few times and shrugged his shoulders. Okay. Amy grabbed his hand and pulled him towards the drawer that held the heart. There's a carving in my drawer. James pulled his hand away from Amy's and looked into the drawer. His eyes searched it and eventually locked on the small carving at the bottom. K plus D, it said, with a heart around it. I... James began. Wow, you don't think that's from our mom or dad, do you? It's possible. Amy replied. Maybe she was kept here for a short amount of time and doesn't remember. James looked back at the carving and went quiet. Amy put both hands on his arm and squeezed reassuringly. Amy, I... James began, his voice cracked slightly. James, are you okay? Yeah, sorry. James wiped his eyes. I'm worried about Lizzie. Amy put a hand on his opposite shoulder and turned him towards her. James, we'll save her. But she might already be dead. James? Amy began. We will save her. At that, James shot forward and hugged his sister. Amy wrapped an arm around him, keeping one hand on the desk. James was first to pull away. Okay, I need to go to bed. Call me if you start floating again. Oh, I can't call you. Why not? Amy shot across the room, too scared to stop moving for even a second without holding on to something to reach her bed. She retrieved her phone and dialed James's number again, just like before, it didn't even ring. James frowned. I suppose the phone towers are not in the facility. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, in that case, James began, just hit the wall a few times and I'll come over. Doesn't seem like we have any neighbors. Amy smiled. Yes, sir. James slowly walked to the door and opened it. He paused and turned around before leaving. It was in this brief moment that Amy saw the pain he had been hiding. Good night. Good night, James.